Welcome to Building Better Relationships at Home and at Work with Angela and Patty. On this podcast episode, we have a special guest, Rebecca Ronan, life coach, podcaster, and author. Rebecca moved from London to a small village in Provence, France, in 1995. She lives with her partner, Alain, and their dog, Myrtle. She worked in the travel industry for 30 years. However, a breast cancer diagnosed quickly followed by a job loss in 2012 gave her the opportunity to change direction, although she didn't feel it at the time. A coaching course in 2014 opened the door to a different chapter in her life journey. Since training as a coach, she has set up her businesses, Forward After 50, and Network Provence. As a result, she has two websites, two podcast shows, and not one, but several businesses to her name. This means that she has experienced that moving forward after 50 has the potential to be the most exciting part of your life. A suggestion in 2021 that Rebecca should write a book was a little like looking down on someone else's life and ambitions, as it had never been on her agenda. The book was published in January of 2023 and is called Forward After 50, The Rising Reinventors. The book gives insight into ways of how we might be limiting ourselves in how we think and talk about aging. It's about changing your mindset around aging today. Start associating aging with generating instead of degenerating. Rebecca, welcome. Please tell us and the listeners about you and why you became so passionate about living a great life forward after 50. Well, thank you so much for having me and giving me such an amazing introduction. Uh, Forward after 50, yes. Well, why I became so passionate was life changed in such a positive way for me, in an unexpected way. And I guess that when I was 50 and I had a great party to celebrate actually reaching 50, because I thought that was even then uh, when my life was pretty much uh, had gone on as usual, I still considered it a great privilege to be that age. It seemed to be a really amazing milestone to celebrate. And Then post that, and you mentioned I had several uh, wake-up calls in terms of a health issue and also a job loss, which uh, knocked me me for six, as they say over here, because I didn't see it coming. And I, yeah, I, I felt that I had reached a good point in my life and I I guess I didn't really see that much was going to change. And so I had to readjust in a big way. And of course, initially, I thought it was uh, all my doors were closing, where in fact, they all started to open. And I guess uh, that journey, because now 
I'm going on actually almost 67. So uh, a lot of years have gone in between. And I want other women who are approaching 50 or over 50, over 60, it doesn't matter what age, to realize that, yes, sometimes uh, we do experience uh, those doors closing, as, as seemingly especially after 50, but in fact, it might just be a, something positive is going to happen to you. So uh, that's why I'm so passionate about it, because my life has become much more interesting um, over 50. That's very interesting. Thank you. Rebecca, how can women celebrate and embrace turning 50? Well, they can celebrate because <laughs> they have reached that amazing milestone, first of all. And I think it's a period of time where you can start to use what I call your superpowers. Now, those uh, superpowers, you may not initially realize that you have. For example, I think that uh, many of us uh, reach 50 and we don't embrace our wisdom or we don't give ourselves enough credit for the experiences and the wisdom that we actually have. And it's almost a perfect opportunity to start using that wisdom because you may be in a position where if you've had children, for example, they, they may have left home, not always necessarily, but um, you may, may have a little bit more freedom than you had previously. Um, I mean, that's not always the case, but it could be. So it it is an amazing period of time to to start a different a different journey if you want to, of course. But I think that definitely you you don't need to be afraid to just because you're getting, as they say, older. So I, you know, it would be wonderful if as a young person, or if you were approaching 50, or in your 40s, you were thinking, wow, I'm getting up to 50, it's going to be so amazing, rather than thinking, ah, I don't like the sound of this at all. So to think in a very positive way, rather than the alternative. And uh, that's why I would like people to think that uh, there's going to be a lot to celebrate. And why do you think women fear aging? Ooh, well, I think they do fear aging because we've been culturally um, educated to fear aging. And depending what culture you live in, but I think for us in the Western culture, that's very much how we feel. And so we associate, generally, we associate aging with unwelcome changes, uh, going towards the end of life, uh, demise, and uh, certainly the cosmetic industry will target women to repel age at all costs, <laughs> which isn't very helpful. You know, everywhere you see anti-age coming at you. And yeah, I, I think that 
sinks in and you know when we start to get wrinkles or even gray hair or whatever you know you know for some women that's quite devastating and because they've already got in their minds this is really going to be not um, evolving in the way that they would like to they would like to be perhaps more beautiful and they don't associate wrinkles or gray hair with beauty uh, it's all that big emphasis on your exterior rather than your interior and I've I actually in my book as you mentioned that I'd written a book I had the privilege to speak to 10 women and that was one of the questions that I asked them and they almost all of them came back with uh, some similar answers and uh, their three major fears after speaking to them were very much about that there was not enough time so it felt like time was squeezing in on you um, also weight gain or physical or mental decline as well and also being alone. And these uh, fears, well, first of all, it's interesting because um, this fear of, of time, I think we have been educated uh, to feel that, um, you know, after 50, we haven't got that long, but in fact, you know, the longevity has changed enormously. Uh, when when we were younger, yes, indeed, in your 60s, in your 70s may be getting towards the end. But now uh, when you reach 50, you're probably looking at a good 30, maybe 40, and it's increasing all the time. So, in fact, that time factor, you, you probably have a lot more time than you actually anticipated. And uh, weight, uh, weight gain, of course, we can do lots of things to prepare ourselves for that or to keep it off or however you want to move on. So I, I think that um, often we go towards aging in a bit of a denial. And if we looked upon it in some an impositive way, then perhaps we could prepare for those things that we think are, um, uh, you know, a normal and will happen to us and we can't do anything about it, which is actually not true. We can start to do something to stop the weight gain or and also physical and mental decline. We can exercise, we can exercise our heads, we can exercise our bodies, you know, there are many, many things. And and the same with um, loneliness is to concentrate much more on perhaps on connection and being part of community and not just allowing these things to um, creep in, to be prepared for them and to actually do something about it. So... You know, I, those are the kind of fears that I think are actually quite real for a lot of people. But I do think that they can be worked on. Rebecca, I'm going to share a quote of yours that I really love. Oh, 
Choosing to live life on your terms might come across as selfishness. This is your time now. What makes you happy isn't selfish. It is vital. Please share more about this quote with us. Well, yes. Um, I mean, I think that, again, with our education um, and culture, uh, we, we live in a lot of cultures these days or have done saying that, you know, you must be selfish, you must give, 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 you mustn't take. And However, sometimes we can lose our own identity and we can lose uh, how we need to look after ourselves. If you don't look after yourself, then you won't be able to look after other people. You know, it's the same uh, as as putting the mask on uh, yourself before your child on a plane. You know, as you're told when you're going, um, you know, to take off with a with a plane. So, I I do think it's vital, and I think sometimes women over fifty they have been perhaps uh, used to as as women do looking after their families looking after their children that and then some you know the children may go and and they're left to themselves and they don't quite know how to navigate that and they're feeling perhaps uncomfortable by putting all their energy into what they want to do and also to say no I mean, we're not taught to say no. We're taught to say yes. Um, and I think that saying no is important with your boundaries. And, you know, it can be life-saving in many ways. And, you know, you don't... Often people, they don't like you to change. So they, they get very... Um, they will accuse you of being selfish, you know, because <laughs> they would like you to stay as you are rather than making any changes. Especially, for example, I think a lot of women over 50, they want to travel, they may want to live in a different environment. Um, I remember a very good friend of mine, she, she I thought, was uh, a perfect example of this. Uh, she once uh, someone said to her um, if you could do anything where would you want to go and live if you could live anywhere and she said Italy and after she and she thought about this question and so much that she decided to go and do exactly that and she was in her mid-60s she'd never lived abroad and she left her her work and her family. Um, yeah, you can imagine she was considered to be uh, probably very strange doing that and very selfish. But in fact, she never looked back because uh, she went and did some, you know, some of her dreams and some of the experiences that she thought she would get in before it was. It, she didn't have the opportunity and she's so she just did it so I think it is very important to be interested in what you want to do 
How is mindset a secret weapon towards aging? Well, yes, changing your mindset uh, is, is vitally important. I remember when I had my breast cancer diagnosis and also when I lost, which was quickly followed by a job loss. And then I, I felt, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I still had to work. I still had to, you know, live the life I wanted to live. And everyone started saying, oh, but you're over 50 and being very ne negative about it. And, you know, you can easily go down that negative bias. I mean, that's what humans are drawn to. So changing your mindset is uh, very important. It's also, yeah, it's not easy because, again, I believe that our culture and education has uh, taught us to consider aging to be something negative. I was very interested in articles that I've read. I think it's the United Nations, I think it was, who who said that one in three people are ageist, and that means us as well. And it didn't matter whether you were uh, over 60 or 20, you probably had an ageist attitude. And uh, that can be, you, you have to become very aware of that to start to change it. So to look at your own uh, ageist um, attitudes, perhaps the way you speak, the words we use, and to listen to how other people um, talk. You know that fate. I don't know if you have the saying in Australia or all the states. You know, people use it frequently in the UK. When you forget something, oh, are you having a senior moment? Yes. And yes, and yes, so, yes, <laughs> so that association with forgetfulness that uh, then becomes with aging is uh, something I think could be eliminated. But there are lots and lots of expressions we use which are quite ageist. And, you know, that... Um, also is that using age as an excuse to stop something rather than to start something. But you have to change your, your mindset. You have to be much more positive about aging to, to conquer all of those things so that you can move forward and uh, you know, have an amazing life. And after 50, some women and men as well experience a drop in their physical energy. What, what do you think that suggests about how they could perceive their body differently to get the most joy or benefit in life? Well, yes, an interesting question because I think all of us at some point can have uh, drops in energy. Um yeah, it's, I think this is one of the hardest questions to answer, actually. I I thought about it and I thought, well, you know, if you are someone who has a lack of energy, perhaps uh, 
uh, it depends why you have that lack of energy. Uh, but if it is or means that you have to step back and perhaps change your lifestyle and, and prioritize your physical health and and well-being to increase your energy levels and also your sleep, for example, sleep is so important too. I just uh, say a little story. I've just invested in a whoop, you know, one of these monitors on your wrist that tells you how much sleep you're supposed to have and uh, how your heart is beating and all of those kind of things. But I've, I've become completely fascinated by the sleep section because it will tell me sometimes um, you should go to bed today at, say, 8.45 this evening. And I think, my goodness, it's like it's like having your mother on your wrist telling you to go to bed. <laughs> But but the thing is, you know, I think that we don't realize how much sleep we need, depending on what we do during the day and how much energy we expand. And, you know, there is a lot of uh, um, research into sleep at the moment. And I think particularly when you go, when you're getting older let's say and if you felt that you didn't have the energy to uh, get through your day that this maybe it's your sleep or maybe it's your nutrition or maybe you should be doing some exercise that does re-energize you or even your environment might not be helping so I think it can be uh, some some things like that but uh, yeah it, everyone is different so it would be according to um, the person the individual individual I'm very right. keen I'm very keen on energy myself that's one of my top core values so Yes, it, it is something that remains important for me to have a high energy level. <laughs> so I, I'm not going to let, uh, hopefully, unless I, I don't feel very well or whatever, uh, energy levels get low with me. I, I, I tried to turn that around swiftly. Mm. And I think the environment and how your life, how you're living is a huge clue about like if your energy is dropping what's happening in in your environment so talking about the environment Rebecca what have you learned about your life and moving forward in life uh, from living in Provence in France how does where we live influence our perception about life after 50? Mm, well yes I did look at this question with some interest too and I, I guess I can speak from my point of view is that when I lived in London, for example, I have lived in quite a few different places, but for most of my adulthood, I lived in the city. And I would always say, I'm never going to leave the city. <laughs> it energizes me. I'm never going to live in a village. Oh, but now I would probably say the opposite. <laughs> no, I didn't have any big dreams to go and say, 
retire into a, a village or the countryside. I mean, living here has is not something that I had on my agenda. By the way, many things in my life I didn't have on my agenda. <laughs> so I, Alan is um, French uh, and Dutch and I am um, British. He didn't want to live in London. I didn't want to live in Amsterdam where he was at the time. So we went for something completely different. <laughs> and still, we're still here 27 years. So obviously it worked. But I think this, it works for me because of the countryside, the nature. I'm, I'm not sure if this is entirely true, but I have heard it that uh, as you get older, then nature becomes much more important to you and more <sighs> prominent in many ways. You know, the colours, the the quietness, the, the bird sounds, which is the opposite, but everything becomes a little bit more, um, it has more importance in your life. And definitely, I live in the countryside and I am, uh, I love the, the, the light, the sunsets. In the, in Provence, where we are, it's very bright, it's very sunny. So I think that is very lifting, particularly if you've come from somewhere like England, where, you know, you have a lot of cloudy, quite heavy skies. And I think for myself, but that's certainly uh, emotionally and mentally was... I didn't feel so great. I feel much better here because of that. And so I guess uh, living here has happened at the the right time. It might not be for everybody, of course, but I I do think that your environment, as we mentioned before in the previous question, is um, very important for, for many, many factors, for your peace of mind and... Um, yeah, your health and your mental well-being too. So, Rebecca, and, sorry. <laughs> no, I was I was just going to mention. I, you know, I think it's very important um, to be in an environment where you are also with people that you feel happy with as well, mm -hmm. and where you're living your core values. Those are very important to me. Um, and I mentioned energy. Uh, nature connection challenge and learning it, it's it's certainly a challenge to be a foreigner in another country but I seem to thrive on that so yeah Angela lived in France for a while too ah yeah. <laughs> I seem same... to like foreign yeah. cultures and challenges but yeah, I, I know I realize that challenge is a very important part of my life. And I think it is important to realize your core values and, uh, you, and they might be good keys to understanding uh, yourself and why you like something or why you don't like something. Rebecca, can you tell us more about your book? forward after 50 the rising reinventors well my book as you mentioned it was a suggestion to uh, to write a book um 
and I had never thought about writing a book either. That wasn't on my agenda, uh, but it was a challenge. So I rose to the challenge and also it seemed um, a, a way to get the message across that aging is something that you could feel positive about. And if you feel positive about it, you could, uh, you know, realize your dreams and you can reinvent yourself. I think reinvention is uh, very much of my, what I've been doing in the last 10 years. And it's in, in the book, it, it started as a book about coaching after 50, but a lot of other things started to come into it about how to be um, aware of ageism, how to uh, to be uh, appreciating our own wisdom, how to use that and and how to have our best lives after 50 and to realize that, you know, we do have a lot more years um, normally and therefore those years are a great opportunity to do many more um, wonderful things for yourself and for, you know, if you want to contribute to the world as well by taking on a new career, for example. So the, the book has uh, come out now and what's been so interesting by many of the reviews is that women have said, oh, I wish I'd read this when I was 50. <laughs> so I, I do think it does have a very positive effect and inspires people to, to yeah, to have a great life after 50 or, or to give themselves a chance to do that. Wonderful. Great. So... Coming to one of my favourite topics, people-pleasing. <laughs> Why is people-pleasing such a big problem after 50? And what can change after 50 around people-pleasing? Um, I think people-pleasing, well, you know, that's uh, something that I didn't really become aware of till after 50. Actually, till I went into the coaching world, I didn't even realise, you know, about people pleasing and how important it is uh, to realise when you're doing that and how to perhaps avoid it, depending on where you, where you, what you want. But I think for women over 50, as I've mentioned before, they might want to travel um, they often find that they're in the position like I was, uh, wanting a new job. Um, they might want a new environment. However, they may be very worried that they're abandoning uh, their children, their grandchildren, and, and their their older parents as well. I mean, this is something quite... Uh, um, if for a lot of people, for myself, for example, I have a mother that I care for every day. She's 92. So, uh, but I tell her frequently that <laughs> if I put myself first, then I will be perfect for her. 
So <laughs> I make it very clear um, my boundaries with her. And I think if you if you communicate with what to what you want, then you know you can probably do what you need to do and help other people in a much more constructive way. So yeah, and don't let other people's judgment get in your way because they do want you to stay as you are because it's to their advantage. I love that about the boundaries, setting those boundaries. And once you do, and people will start understanding why you're putting them up and things like that, like with your mom for self-care reasons and to better communicate with her and love her more, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a whole another subject about you know, older women and older men caring for their families. Yes. Because it's, it is uh, something that we can all do with a lot of support. With, that could be your next book. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> so, well, yeah. <laughs> Rebecca, how can our listeners find you or contact you about your product services, your book and events and workshops? Because you do a lot of things that you didn't even talk about in this interview. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, oh well. Um, the best place. <laughs> yes, and my podcast. So the best uh, place for people to find me is probably on my website. And that's RebeccaRonane.com forward after 50. Um, I also have a Facebook page forward after 50. And I'm on Instagram under my name, Rebecca Ronane. My two podcasts, because I didn't mention really Network Provence, which is a networking organization I created here down in Provence for, for women. And it's grown uh, quite, <laughs> quite enormously. Uh, again, that was something I didn't really have on my agenda. And it was a suggestion by the same person who suggested the book, by the way. I seem to say, oh, yes, and then, then uh, go for the challenge. But um, was that your business coach? Oh, it, it was. Ruby Maguire. <laughs> So um, that podcast is, it's a little bit sleepy at the moment, I would say. But the main reason behind that is to interview uh, men and women who are doing uh, awesome things here in this region in Provence. But my main podcast is Forward After 50. And it's about all the things that we've been talking about, about reinvention, about uh, positive aging, actually everything to do with going forward after 50. I hope to be doing a retreat later on in the year. Don't know yet, but that will be a forward after 50 and uh, webinars coming up about reinvention as well. And yeah, my book, um, 
Forward After 50, The Rising Reinventors is, can be purchased on most online bookstores. It's an interesting birthday present for those coming to 50. That's a great idea. <laughs> it is a great idea. <laughs> and is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners? Well, I, I just hope that uh, people will continue to be positive about aging. If you've never thought of it that way, yes, please start to think of aging in a positive way. And it is a time to start rather than stop. And you know, if you don't reframe the way you think about aging, then particularly in the minds of um, women, uh, you may limit yourself. And it seemed, that seems such a shame because you probably have many years to actually to discover or rediscover uh, many facets of life that uh, perhaps you haven't already experienced. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining us here today in our podcast. It was really great learning more about aging and being over 50. My life has changed in so many positive ways. And I just love your podcast as well and everything that you're doing to help women over the age of 50. Thank, thank you, you so much you're welcome. for the opportunity. Yes, we love having you here. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow us and share the podcast with others and check out Rebecca's website, www.rebeccaronane.com and her Forward After 50 book. The links will be in the show notes.